All right, let's get started. Welcome, everyone, to episode 60 of the Danso Pitch Podcast. I am your host, Charles Danso. I want to welcome those tuning in from Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. And for our YouTube viewers, subscribe through the Danso Pitch for episodes like today's and future episodes. Thank you all for being supporters of the Danso Pitch. It's kind of crazy that we're now in episode 60. I remember it like it was yesterday in episode one when we first started. Myself, Daniel, a few others that have come that have came and went, excuse me. But it's really important just to kind of just give support and thank you to everybody that's been kind of following us, show our support and love that, yes, we've been following you guys, answering comments, questions that you guys have kind of been providing for us. We love those. Please keep that up. Follow us at The Danso Pitch. So get into today's episode. What are we going to discuss? We're going to be discussing something quite interesting, uh, uh, something that a lot of people may not really be realizing. If you've ever flown anywhere, whether domestically or internationally, you may be maybe privy to something called frequent flying miles. Now, I'll get into a little bit what that may mean for those that may not know. For those that do, I'm sure that you know the more you spend, the more you points you get so you can get on free flights, et cetera, et cetera. But how does that help airlines? A lot of people never ask themselves that question. How are the airlines benefited for these? And the question that a lot of people may not be aware of, are airlines quietly becoming banks? That's going to be a question that I'm going to dive into today and kind of just give you guys some highlights and history as to how airlines are quietly, your favorite airlines, whether it be American Airlines, Delta, United, are quietly becoming banks based on your frequent flyer miles. So just get into a little bit of history. Just last year, the public got a glimpse into airline frequent flyer programs. What they say was truly astonishing during the early days of the pandemic was Airlines were hemorrhaging money. That is, they were basically acquiescing to large sums of money. So naturally, they looked for a loan. United, in particular, for, for example, got a $5 billion loan to tie the company over until flights became operational again. Now, to give you guys a little bit of a history, as you know, the pandemic last year and 2020, whatever the case is, a lot of flights were losing customers because of the fact that a lot of people had to ground their, their flights based on a lot of other states and or even countries shutting down travel. So a lot of airlines were losing money. But as a result, a lot of people never asked the question, how are airlines still able to acquiesce money and survive during that pandemic, even though they still had to lay off a lot of workers, et cetera, et cetera? We're going to get right into it right now. Like I mentioned, United Airlines, for example, got a $5 billion to tie the company over until flights were operational again. But like any other loan, they needed collateral, something to hold the company over should they fail to pay the company back. Now, for the audience listening, as you know, whenever you get a loan, you need collateral. Example, if you get sometimes it'll be your car. Sometimes it'll be interest. That means you have to pay more than you actually asked for in the loan. Sometimes it may be your house. Whatever the case is, in this case, we're speaking for the airlines. They needed something to tie the company over if, let's say, United was unable to pay back that $5 billion loan they got from the bank. 
The problem is United wasn't really worth much, like I mentioned, because nobody was really flying. People weren't purchasing seats, so they weren't really making money. So they never really had anything to really tie themselves to the loan. So what what uh, example United did was they mentioned that they remember they were hemorrhaging money. So they had to offer themselves up huge collateral. So what they did was they up they offered up their subsidiary, which for those that may be listening, a subsidiary is basically something that's underneath the, the parent company. That's a company underneath the parent. So example, let's say Amazon. Whole Foods may be a subsidiary of Amazon, for an example. So Mileage Plus Holdings LLC, which is essentially United Loyalty Program, is what they offered up to the bank that they got the $5 billion loan for as collateral. Of course, since United Airlines is is a publicly traded company, there are rules that are set in place. So audience, for any publicly traded company, this is your Walmarts of the world, Amazon, as I mentioned, Apple, United, Delta, American. You have to, if you're going to get a loan or acquiesce or try to get a, a huge sum of money from a loan, you have to file something called an 8K. An 8K form is a report that is a report of unscheduled material events or corporate changes at a company that could be an importance to the shareholders or the Securities Exchange Commission. So what does that mean? If you're going, if let's say that my company, Danso Solutions, is a publicly traded company on the stock market. And my company needs money. So I go to, let's say, Chase, and I ask for a $3 billion loan. Before I can actually get that loan, I have to file a Form 8K. And that's in the 8K form, that explains why am I really asking for this loan? What am I offering as collateral, as I just mentioned, audience? And who are the shareholders? Who are the people that's the main, the board for my company? I have to report all this in the 8K form. So the SEC which is basically like those that administer the rules. Think of it as the company's government, the SEC. They oversee all the rules and regulations of what a company can do and cannot do, and they have to look at it over and approve it before you can even get a loan as a publicly traded company. Very important. So that became public, audience, the AK form that United filed. In the report itself, it notifies the public, like I mentioned, the public of events. So basically, why were they getting the loan? What they were asking for the loan was because, like I mentioned, they weren't making money. They had to pay their workers. They had to pay whatever, the engineers that were building the planes that they that they got the material from, et cetera, et cetera. But what was really interesting, audience, and this is very key, I hope you guys are still listening or following me, was... Something that was in one of the lines out of the hundreds of pages, there was one line that stood out out of the rest was multiplying miles plus holdings, which is a 2019 EPDA, which is basically earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. For those that know tax, you know what an EPDA is. If you have a company, you should know what that is. If you don't, I will consult with an accountant to understand what that means. By a factor of 12, equates to a mileage plus valuation of approximately $21.9 billion. Don't worry, audience. I'm going to explain exactly what I'm talking about. The value of the company's loyalty program. 
Likewise, for Delta, Delta did the same thing at $26 billion and American Airlines approximately $19 to $35 billion. Now, you may ask, why would this exactly turn heads or what exactly does this mean? The reason is the value of the loyalty programs for these three major airline programs exceed that of what the company's total market capitalization or what the company is actually worth. Let me give an example. At the time of 2021, United market capitalization, what the company's was worth was actually just $10 billion, but their loyalty program was worth $21 billion. Remember, that's an important number to remember. Delta's market capitalization was only $20 billion, but their loyalty program was worth $26 billion. And American Airlines was worth $6 billion, but their loyalty program was worth almost $26 billion. So in short, Wall Street said, wait a second, how is it that your loyalty program is worth more than your own company? That doesn't make any sense because you just filed for a loan of $5 billion, but your loyalty program is generating nearly triple that, if not even double, nearly triple that, and even double what your own company is worth. So the value of the companies themselves are less, like I mentioned, than that of their loyalty programs, for which the airlines themselves own. So like I mentioned, Wall Street is saying that the companies themselves are worthless or have a negative value in comparison to their loyalty programs. The only value of the airlines themselves is really their loyalty programs. Why do you think why do you think the flight attendants staff themselves whenever that you're ever going for a flight? So audience, let me put a picture in your head. Let's say you're about to fly, you're coming from New Jersey, you're flying to California. Or you're coming from Atlanta, you're going to New York. You ever notice that whenever you're checking your bags, whenever you're about to basically come in your Let's say you're checking in, you're about to scan your ticket to actually get on the flight. Sometimes there are certain people that go, if you, they, they, they promote it, you see the sign that say loyalty members only, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Even some people, you may be on flight and you have flight attendants kind of promoting the loyalty programs. This isn't by coincidence. This is done purposely because like I just mentioned, audience, a lot of these airlines themselves aren't really worth that much money. I'm going to get into why that is. But their loyalty programs, they understand that the more that the, com the, the customer is spending to get these little perks, quote unquote, for those that may be listening, I'm putting quotations in there, to get certain perks based on these loyalty programs is how they're really making money as these major airlines. Very important. So going back into it. In the U.S. and around the world, it seems airlines are pushing customers to become loyalty programs. That, Like I mentioned, not by coincidence. That is done purposely. They're not focused on transportation. Why they're, why they're willing to prop their business, even at the expense of money, is the sole reason airlines are considered banks. Like I mentioned, these airlines, American, Delta, as well as United, the three major ones, they don't really care for how many seats they're filling. They care about how many dollars you're spending to get the perks of these loyalty programs at whatever cost. That is why I mentioned that the question that Indians can ask themselves is, are, are these airlines that I'm mentioning really becoming banks? 
let's get into why I, I believe that as well as based on research. Derived from a loyalty program at your favorite sandwich place. Let's think of it like Subway. Let's say Subway, you purchase a certain amount of sandwiches, you get the next one free. Let's say you, you, you purchase three sandwiches consecutive a week and you get the next one off free. Think of it as how a lot of these airlines are basing their loyalty programs. So if you fly a certain number of times, you get a free flight, right? Points are tax. A lot of people don't realize that. When you accumulate points through a lot of these flights, they're not taxed because the government considers it a rebate as you have to spend money to get that reward. Usually the rewards are done by businesses by paying their workers to fly. However, the airlines reward the person not flying or the reward person flying, excuse me, audience, not the person actually paying. So let's say you work for company ABC and you're coming out of New York. You have a client meeting or you have to meet a client in Chicago. And the company says, hey, use the, use the company credit card to purchase the flight or book the ticket and stay at the hotel stay. Now, if me, Charles, is working for ABC Company and I'm actually the one typing in my information, Charles flying from New York to Chicago for these amount of days and taking this flight, et cetera, et cetera, the points actually go back to me, not the company. Even though I'm using the company's dime, the points will go back to me. The loyal points will go back to me. Really important to pay attention as to why that is. I'm going to get into that in a little bit, audience. So, as mentioned, usually rewards are done by businesses paying the workers' flights. However, the airlines reward the person flying, not the individual paying. If the employee pays on the company credit card, they also get the points directly. I just mentioned that. Passengers are rewarded on how many dollars they spend not how many miles they fly. Example, you spend $5, that's accumulation to five points. That is a win for the airlines because they cannot lose, at least on the earnings side, as revenue-based systems cannot be exploited. Airlines also figured out how to restructure the redemption side in their favor. Every major airline, American, United, Delta, has a dynamic reward chart. Just cash rises for high demand days, so do point redemption rates. Example, let's say it's cheaper to fly out on a Tuesday or Wednesday. That is usually the what is usually the case. Usually Monday flights tend to be more expensive. I can't really get into that why that is, but that's what it is. So let's say, example, Monday you're flying out and you have to pay $254. And you're flying from here, from New Jersey or New York to California. And you accumulate 22,200 points. Alternatively, someone that is flying in the same flight on a Wednesday, got a cheaper ticket for $114 flying out of New York to, let's say, JFK to LAX, which is California. And they're paying $114. They only acquiesce 8,300 Point or 8,300 points, as opposed to the person that had to pay the, the double that, the 254 more points. So that's an example for the audience that may be listening and or watching this exclusively on YouTube, like I'm in. The more you're paying, the more dollars you have to pay to get more points. Now, that is that puts the airline in a win-win situation. That is why they don't care when you're flying out. That's why they have, they always seem to have something open. Let's say you missed your flight. It is not by coincidence that the same day you can get something, but they're probably going to 
put a surcharge on it that day because of the fact the more money you're spending as a world member, that accumulates to more points. But the point is they care more for the dollar value. You're giving you more points, but you're giving them more money as a result. Because I just used an example where the same, the same flight is done on different days, but you're getting less points because of the fact you're spending less dollars with whatever airlines, the three airlines I mentioned. So you can't accumulate the accumulation miles or redemption miles. Airlines do not care what companies are willing to pay. And that is been the general public think of what the worth is. So currently, I'm going to get a little bit on this transitioning into banks that are currently partnered with airlines. Example, that I'm going to use the three main airlines that we use more so in the United States, which is United, American, and Delta. Now, American uses Citibank as their loyalty member. United is Chase. And Delta is American Express. If any of these credit card companies, one one day, hey, we don't really agree with the higher miles purchase price and that you guys went, went around contract negotiation time arise, Delta, American, and United could simply say, okay, and just dump them and then go to banks like Bank of America, Capital One, Barclays, or even Discover. So why does the frequent five programs eclipse the airlines themselves? I'm going to get into that audience. Airlines are acting as their own banks for virtual currencies. Not only do they control the flow of currency, but the values and goods to spend it on. Remember, the more money that you're spending, it points for the same flight. You have to you spend more dollars or giving the company more based on the fact or the more based on the fact of, of, of let's say you getting more points. Let's say that wants to save economically the same fight, they get less points. So in turn, it's a, it's, it's a win-win situation for the airlines. And you're kind of losing as a customer because let me give you another example, audience. Maybe for those that may not be following me, let's say. And I'm going to keep using, just to stay on brand, I'm going to keep using flying out of New York or New Jersey. Let's say New Jersey in this case. I'm flying out of Newark International or Newark Airport, and I'm going to California, again, LAX. I'm, I have to do a transfer in, let's say, Chicago or Atlanta before getting into California. Let's say I wasn't able to get a direct flight. But in doing that transfer, the fact that, I maybe have to pay an extra couple hundred dollars, right? And the fact that I'm actually flying longer because of the fact that I have to do a layover, I'm acquiescing more points. But the person that's flying directly that was able to get a direct flight from, let's say, Jersey, Newark, into LAX would acquiesce less points. Now, audience, I want to ask a question. How do you believe that's fair? The person... And maybe you think it's fair. I don't know. But I don't agree with that because of the fact of the person that looked out and was able to actually pay her money to actually fly directly from Jersey York to LAX acquiesced more points just because that they didn't so happen to get a transfer and have to pay a couple extra hundred to the airline, let's say United in this case, to get more points. They base it off of more dollars that you spend or have to spend to get more points. So again, you're helping the company acquiesce more dollars. Now, a lot of these three major airlines don't necessarily make it directly from, like I mentioned, the airlines themselves. 
is based directly on their loyalty programs. The reason being is because of the fact of, let's say now you can get upgrade your seats. You can upgrade this and that. But remember, we're still in, in a pandemic. How much seats are really these airlines filling? They're not filling as much as before, pre-pandemic. Nowadays, it's, it's hard to travel to certain countries, states, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. People are traveling. The government goes back or certain countries' governments goes back to locking down, and you can't get into, let's say, Europe. You can't get into Asia. You can't get into certain countries in Africa as a result. So a lot of these airlines are losing money. But how they're acquiescing is through loyalty programs because of the fact that we think economically we're saving because of the fact we're using the the United, the Air Deltas, uh, United, whatever the case is, uh, American, the credit card that these airlines are are utilizing, we're swiping away, acquiescing points, points, points. But we're having to spend more dollars. Let's say now, now you have to spend a couple hundred dollars on that Monday as opposed to a Wednesday. Now, how is that fair for the person flying out on a Wednesday on a direct flight as opposed to the person having to spend more money to get more points? So again, economically, it doesn't really benefit you as an audience, as a consumer. But for the airlines, it helps because they're making the money on the back end that way through these loyalty points. Now, we transition into that, into what the world is. Now, audience, the question that I want to leave you with is, where do you think airlines are going to go in the next year or two? Not even five. I want to say year two. Because now we're in a pandemic era. I believe, I believe... Me, Charles, believes that airlines will solely focus in and on these loyalty programs. They're going to up prices on air, on flights uh, as, as the years go by. Why is that? On, especially on certain days. That's how they're going to get you. The reason being is because, and they're going to promote the hell out of these loyalty programs. You're going to start seeing crazy commercials. You're going to be seeing everybody from the janitor all the way to the pilot pilot uh, that's flying you out to promote these loyalty programs, get you to sign up for these credit card uh, things, whatever, acquiesce these these points, quote unquote, because you're going to end up spending more dollars as a result. Airlines will never go back to the traditional route of making money from the actual airline themselves of seat purchasing, bag, bag claims checking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because of the fact they can't make up those numbers. They'll never be able to go back because every country now whether domestically or state or domestically or internationally, if you're in the U.S., if you're listening to this, wherever you are, again, there's lockdowns wherever you are. Even in your own country, there's lockdowns. So they weren't able to make that. But how they can do it is through the points system because the fact is everybody thinks we I, I spend this amount, I get a free flight, but you're giving more dollars in the back end to these airlines. If audience, I want you for any loyal member, loyal members or whatever the case is, Look at the flights in the past two years that you've done through the Lord's program. Look at the days that you've been flying out. Compare it with someone that's flying out on the same flight on a Wednesday or maybe a Tuesday. And then how many points did, they, did you actually acquiesce compared to someone that flew out on a Monday by you trying to be cheaper on your flight? How many points they are able to get as opposed to you? I think that will answer a lot of questions for those that may be wondering why the question is airlines have become banks traditionally. I want to leave those with that question. Do you believe loyalty programs are here to better us, help us with our flights, or hurt us? Leave your comments below on YouTube. This is the Danso Pitch. Again, my name is Charles Danso. I want to thank those tuning in. 
from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as YouTube. This is the Dan Soul Pitch, episode 60. Have airlines become banks? Check us out. Check us out on Instagram as well as the Dan Soul Pitch. You guys stay safe. Be careful when you're flying out. If you guys have an experience, comment, share this. Uh, I'm going to leave my Instagram as well as the business Instagram. I want to hear your thoughts on this episode. Share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever the case is. Again, my name is Charles. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. This is the Dan Soul Pitch. Talk soon. Next episode, big one for you guys. More to come on that. Stay tuned.